One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace case. If you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yep. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll- I a bachelor. Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral Sleepy Girl Mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knudsen crushes only 100% real ingredients, so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. There has been a lot of crazy online chatter that has made it to my DMs. So let me clarify real quick. There was a business decision that was made. That's a decision I don't even disagree with. What I have a problem with, what I am frustrated in, and what I am distancing myself from is there is a right way and there is a wrong way to do things. Over the last three months, I have witnessed an absolute masterclass in how you should not implement change, how you should not roll out new strategies, and how you absolutely should not treat people. This is in no way meant to be a distraction or take away from anything that Charity's doing. We want her to have an incredible experience as Bachelorette. We want her to thrive in life. This is no way a complaint in who's hosting a podcast. Serena was born for this role, and I hope her and Joe crush it. This is looking at negligence in the face and deciding, I don't want anything to do with it. Simple as that. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is 
in-season Bachelor Clues. You see, it's a very different Bachelor Clues from the the off-season Bachelor Clues. That's correct. We are currently in season 20 of Bachelorette. And so I'm in season Clues. You see? (laughs) I'm I'm excited for seasonal Clues. Yes. (laughs) There's in-season Clues. There's off-season Clues. There's... Pumpernickel? What? The bread? What kind of seasoning? Oh, I just meant in Bachelorette season. We're in season. Our sport is afoot. The players are playing, you see? And so my attitude shifts. I love when the sport is afoot. I do too. I become much more focused. I love when we get an opener like we got this week. An opener for what? A season opener. Isn't that what you call it? Like the first baseball game? Yeah, they always do call it the season opener. Yeah, that's night one. Yeah. That's our season opener. I fucking loved it. Sorry, too sporty a ref for you. Oh, no, no problem. We are very happy that we're back in season, of course. And we have our first This weekend, Bachelor Nation of the season that we're going to be delivering for you today. So you're going to have all those tids. You're going to have some of those screams from deep down inside of the pit. You're going to have gains. An official gains is back where we're going to be talking about the ratings and all the movements across all the social media platforms of these incoming rookies. And you're going to have a state of the game, which is uh, very interesting, shall we say. We're going to be talking about <laughs> happy hour and and all everything that's been going down with that. And we're uh, the Bachelor Nation, official Bachelor Nation podcasts are as we're moving into this season 20 of Bachelorette. But before we get to any of that, we have a little bit of business. First things first, Courtney Robertson's podcast has relaunched with a brand new name, a brand new rebrand. It is now called After Reality. If you were subscribed to her other podcast, Off Contract, you're going to get After Reality in your feed now. If you're not, please go there and subscribe. Give it a listen because her first interview back came out Wednesday. It is with ring winner from Bachelorette Season 11, Sean Booth, who also has his own podcast in the booth. In this uh interview with him they get to so much insane shit they talk about they talk about nick vial very openly and sean booth reveals what the producers told him about vial in order to get that rivalry stoked which i think was Mm. probably a lie i think they lied directly to sean booth about nick vial and about how he was perceived by all the other players not only in season 11 but in season 10 uh Booth, spoiler alert, Booth basically says the producers told him Nick Vial's a piece of shit, no one likes him, everyone hates him, and no one has stood up to him yet. You should be that guy. They told him that. I mean, that's a good third audience strategy. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking, that's pretty tough. I agree. It's, uh, you can really, it's very the severance episode that I just watched where they oh. give different paintings to the two departments that have different color badges basically and mm-hmm. they're stoking how evil the other one is basically oh interesting i haven't watched that series all the way through but i can only imagine mm-hmm. they were telling vial the exact opposite we love you everybody loves you we're going to make you the next bachelor nonetheless they talk about that they also talk about booth's split with caitlin bristow and some of the shit that went down in that that nobody knows about yet and at the end of this fucking podcast courtney robertson does something That I think she's going to do every show now. That's extraordinary. She, being who she is, has certain access to certain people from within the nation. Phone numbers, specifically. And she places a telephone call to somebody at the end of this podcast 
unannounced, just pulls out her phone, dials a fucking number. That number is Nick Vial's number. I will leave it there. That's the end of the podcast. So if you haven't uh, tuned into this, if you haven't given her a shot, we we implore you, go check out After Reality. Again, it's in the same feed the Off Contract was in. So if you were subscribed to that, you are going to get it. If you're not, go listen to it. It's called After Reality. She talks about essentially life after coming out of a reality TV show with in this first episode, Sean Booth. But she's got a lot of great guests planned and we are very excited to see where she takes this show after the relaunch and rebrand. I feel like the rebrand has been extremely successful. You need to go listen to this. The words that she calls people are always shocking and delightful. She has just a, a sparkly personality and she takes things in directions that I am not expecting and we are so proud of her and this podcast. So please listen, subscribe. Yeah. Give it a listen. I'm I'm excited who 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 else she's gonna be dialing in this phone. I can't wait. And like I said, this first episode back with Sean Booth really is I mean, he currently, and we'll get to this in the news to some degree as well, he really is being very open about his relationship with Bristow, how it ended, and and some details are coming out now about that that I feel like we didn't know before. Is there some con? It's a new era. I'm like, is did some contract end? We're hearing we have the re the rebrand of Sean Booth. He's coming out. He's suddenly talking about all this stuff he hasn't talked about. He launched a podcast. No, I know, but I'm saying there was a long period of silence on this yeah. topic. And I think he was like, "Fuck." All these other people are getting rich talking about this shit on their podcast, like Caitlin Bristow. He's like, "Let me see if I can get a piece of that." It's the relationship that never dies. People love yeah. hearing about what happened in this scenario. Uh, yeah, Absolutely. very, very excited to see what comes out of this. But in addition to Courtney's new podcast, we also have our parasocial team merch. You can get all of that at gamebros.co. You got the LA icons, New York City influence, Chicago clout. You got the Nashville sliders. Who am I missing? San Diego crew, the one that started it all. That was the one that I was missing. Oh my God, don't forget the San Diego crew. I honestly think that's my favorite of the logos. I have ordered a San Diego crew hat and I'm anxiously waiting by the mailbox. Fantastic. Well, those are out and available. And of course, we are now going to be launching in opposition to the bad at job mug. You can now get your hands on a good at job mug. Again, (laughs) Gameofroses.co. We've gotten a lot of requests for this. Very high demand for good at job. Indeed. So we're proud of all of our little productive pit members. So yep, get yourself a good at job mug. Get yourself some of that parasocial merch and listen to Courtney Robertson's new podcast. God damn it, so funny. Anyway. Gameofroses.co. We had a lot of business to get through, but we got through it. Now we are going to begin this week in Bachelor Nation as we always begin this week in Bachelor Nation with Game of Roses. State of the game. What do you got to say in season clues? Bachelor happy hour is back. But it will not be the same <laughs> podcast we all knew and loved only months ago. After releasing no new episodes for almost two months or releasing any information about the reason for this unannounced hiatus, speculations were beginning to swirl within the nation that Happy Hour and its sister official Bachelor Nation podcast clickbait were done forever. But the nation has been rocked this past week by a series of events that culminated 
with the surprise news that not only is Happy Hour coming back with new episodes, there has also been a major shakeup in the host positions. After Instagram stories from both Kufrin and the father of her fetus player, uh, BBTC, Big Body Trash Kid, Thomas Jacobs, they surfaced this last week, illustrating their frustration with how the producers have handled the past few months on Happy Hour and Kufrin's announcement that she was done with the show. Brand new show art was released on Monday to coincide with the premiere, the premiere of Charity Lawson's Night One. And this art reveals the new host of Happy Hour. Who is it? It's the clickbait hosts, Grocery and Serena. They've graduated up to Happy Hour. So this shakeup leaves us wondering, what is the fate of clickbait? Because nothing has come out yet about that. If they're going to be replaced or they're going to continue on, no new clickbait mm-hmm. episodes have come out, at least as of this recording. And, and Happy uh, Hour is being promoted as the only official Bachelor Nation podcast. Correct. Even though, to my knowledge, the first episode back had nothing to do with Bachelorette. They weren't really talking. It was just kind of grocery store Joe talking about his day, what he did that day. Yeah. Grocery had a bad flight. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean, we decided that this piece of news had to be our state of the game because this is insanity. The rollout of this new happy hour. They had this nameless voice announcing that there were going to be new hosts. You and I had taken bets on whether it would come back. You said yes during this season. I said before Bachelor in Paradise. Mm -hmm. But others were saying that all of them were dead. So (laughs) what what is going on here? We thought that we needed this time to discuss. I mean, we opened today's show with an Instagram, with the audio from an Instagram story from Thomas Jacobs, where he was talking about uh, essentially the producers have given a masterclass in ineptitude, I believe was the word he used, and that he was like done with them. That him and Becca have both watched what has happened kind of behind the scenes over the course of however long this, these last couple of months. And I would assume that he also was taking into account how they canceled Bachelor Live on stage with no mm-hmm. announcements or anything. It was just like, sorry, Whoa. your tickets are refunded. What the fuck? That definitely sounds like it's part of it. Uh, yeah, he says that they are going into baby comprehension classes instead. They're, they're focusing on that. Yeah. They're focusing on rearing their children. But the bottom line is clickbait and happy hour. I would say happy hour more than clickbait because it was first. It's always been the biggest one. It's always been hosted by the way, up to this point by leads. You had Ali Fedotowski, you had Rachel Lindsay, you had Becca Kufrin. You had Michelle, Michelle Young. Young. These are all bachelorettes. Mm-hmm. Now you got a night one guy and Serena, who was, I believe, a third place finisher on Matt James season. This is the first non-leads hosting the anchor show. Such a big promotion for grocery. I mean, he's always been the most successful night one guy of all time, but yeah. this is on another level. Taking it from Kufrin who was the lead on his season in which he was a night one guy. Yeah, but there is something that, you know, we talk a lot about the saucers on this show. They're always in full swing, it seems like. And this is a piece of that. This is a very important part of the saucers here. You've got essentially the the biggest component of the sauce side of the saucers, which is happy hour. This is the show that they, as soon as somebody gets kicked off of the, the game, they matriculate through happy hour 
That's where they uphold whatever the narrative is that the producers want to maintain for that season. That's where they tell specific lies or omit specific truths in order to, again, maintain the narrative that is always false told by the producers. So in past iterations of this, you would have players coming out of Bachelor, Bachelorette, whatever, and they're talking to leads. There's something inherent in having a Becca Kufrin, a Rachel Lindsay, a Michelle Young, an Ali Fedotowski. There's something inherent that implies authority. I have been to the top of this game. So now you're coming through and I get to ask you questions from a perspective that is higher than yours. That is now gone, in my opinion. Grocery store Joe has never been a bachelor. He doesn't fucking get it. Serena has never been a bachelorette. She doesn't fucking get it. I know, but don't you think that he has he has been the Paradise Prom King? Don't forget that. That's basically a bachelorette. Yes, of course. None of that matters, though. It's like in another sport. If you had somebody who's like, at a certain point, like right now, Joe is still on the level with all the night one guys who just got kicked out of Charity Laws in season 20, night one. Next week, whoever he's interviewing will have done better in the main game than he did. You know, it it already is like a mistake, I think, to have them hosting happy hour. Just my two cents. I love grocery. I love Serena. They should be hosting clickbait. And that's what I always liked about clickbait. Mm-hmm. It was kind of the sister show to happy hour. So you could have these uh, like... Obviously, Grocery and Serena are great. They're funny. I I love listening to them, obviously. But I don't think happy hour is the place for it. Yeah. We were devastated when we thought Grocery wouldn't be in our ears. Absolutely. But I just see... I feel like, personally, happy hour is something different. It is the kind of crown jewel of the... Not that there's that many of them, but there used to be three. There also used to be Talking It Out with um, Brian Abbasolo and Mike Johnson. That was an official Bachelor Nation podcast. Now there are only two, maybe one. We don't know what's happening with Clickbait still. There's been no announcement made about if if they're going to get new hosts or continue making podcasts or whatever. I don't know. But the fact that they are redoing Happy Hour means they understand its place in what this whole thing is. And that is to further the narrative. It's it's like a propaganda machine. And this is where you continue the propaganda so that people who watch the show watch it. And then you have your players come through happy hour to reinforce whatever they just watched in that show. So I'm sure they'll be capable of doing that of because the producers will tell them what to say. But I think that they get status just from being a successful ring winner couple you know they're married yeah but and even that is like i don't think that's what happy hour is i mean i think it's gonna change i definitely think it's gonna change i'm very curious what else will go with this rebrand but the i really think we need to discuss the unceremonious nature in which this was presented Becca Kufrin and Michelle Young have been doing this for so long. They have put for whatever, whatever you might think about, whether it's a company show, whether it's sauce or tea, they have put a lot of effort into it and to not have a goodbye episode. It's, it's like when Tasha was let go from it and they, then they, there was like a reaction to that. And then she came back and said like one line, I wonder if we're going to see that because people are pissed at how they've been replaced. And clearly 
they have not made back. It seems like Becca Kufrin, who has been the face of the outer franchise for a minute, is done with them. Like, that's a huge thing. At, I I don't know if it serves them to be pissing off like these big names in the franchise. No, it it absolutely doesn't. And we talk about this when we talk about legacy, that one of the good things yes. they did in night one of season 20 was they had these old bachelorettes coming back. They had Desiree Hartsock, they had Ali Fedotowski, and they had uh, Kaylin Bristow. And they had Jojo Jojo. Don't forget Jojo Jojo. They had came back and gave that message. They all gave these little video messages. And it did give you this sense that like people who have come through this game still it has like a place in their heart still and they're happy to like see the next generation coming in and taking the spotlight. It it gave that feeling of legacy that the show cared about it and that the people who are part of it cared about it. This is the exact opposite. It's that the show doesn't give a fuck about anyone, even somebody who has put in how many years of Becca Kufrin's life, five years mm-hmm. of her life have been devoted to building this, growing this and maintaining, like you're saying, this peripheral piece of it, the podcast and the bachelor live on stage. And how do they uh, relieve her of duties? By not telling her that they're doing that, by just saying like, eh, we're not doing any podcasts. Uh, we're going to cancel this fucking thing. They didn't allow her to come front and center to tell all the fans how she's feeling about it or why it's happening. It's just terribly done. It is, it's one of the worst mishandlings of a piece of this franchise I think we've seen. And that's saying something considering all the shit that went down with Dark Lord Harrison in season 25. <laughs> They've invested in her. She was the first Tropical Royale. And you can have her and Thomas come back to After the Final Rose, all this stuff. Like They're bachelor royalty, a successful couple who is uh, going to be married and have a kid and all this, but now they're gone. And you, you see more and more of this shit happening. It's like when you treat people badly, they don't want to be involved with the show. And then for, for people like us who are in the fucking pit, we remember all of that. Trapped. We carry all the history. <laughs> We do. We carry yeah. it all. And when you see some players are like still around and upholding it like grocery and serena, it's like fine, they're getting paid, they're getting their Maybelline commercials, fine. Mm-hmm. But like all of the people who have come through this uh franchise that say fuck you, I want nothing to do with it is now Becca Kufrin, Rachel Lindsay is in there. Like mm-hmm. these are huge heavy hitters that are historically massively important for the progress of your show. Rachel Lindsay broke the fucking color barrier. In a million ways. She was the first black player to go to a fucking hometown. First black player to make it to fantasy suites. Obviously, first black player to be a lead. Dealt with overtly racist producing practices. Carried Bachelor Happy Hour. Yeah. Through the a glory era, I would say. She's such a good podcast host. Yeah. And through all of the shit that was going on during that time when she was a co-host of Happy Hour. You're talking about... George Floyd, you, like all that shit during that yeah. year. She really held it together. She's coming <clears throat> back to have the racism conversation with Pilot yeah. Pete's people. And as we'll get to in the news, she now is also done with the fucking the franchise. And it's just like, if you treat your fucking players bad, especially the ones who are at the top of the fucking mountain, it is never going to be helpful to your franchise. And I really think that these producers, I mean, clearly they don't care but I think the podcast to them are like an afterthought. I think some executive mm-hmm. at Warner Brothers is like, uh, okay, fine. We have to do happy hour. What are we going to do? 
I don't know, just make the clickbait host the, the host of it now. We'll do that <laughs> yeah. and we'll figure out clickbait later. I mean, it just seems like all afterthought, no planning. What's the show going to be about? Uh, Joe went on that really bad flight, right? Like, let's let's have him talk about that. That to me is astounding. The first episode back is so bad, talking about nothing. It makes me wonder if they maybe don't have producers in place yet for that show. Because I think the old producers of, of uh, Happy Hour either got fired or quit in the big exodus that happened over the last couple of months. So it's not, it's there. Happy Hour is there. You got Grocery, you got Zarina, the official host. There's new podcast art. They have not made any mention of Becca Cooper and Michelle Young leaving or why they left, why this decision was made. It's just all fucking out there in the dark. And I think they're going to keep it that way. I don't think they will ever acknowledge that. Each piece of this news was just like I felt like like the the I felt like I was in the situation room with yeah, each same. important news update that we were getting. Oh my god, Happy Hour is back. Okay. Yeah. And it's this. And Thomas and Becca are not happy. It's like And personal message to Becca Kufrin. If you're out there, if you're listening, we would love to have you on Game of Roses to talk about all of this because I'm sure you have a lot to say mm-hmm. about it. And I think historically Say what you will. I mean, this is deep pit shit, but like, I think historically, this is a very important moment, and I don't want it to get lost. I don't want this shit to get buried and ignored and just like fucking moved on from because it really speaks to the way this franchise treats its superstar players, and it's fucking terrible. And we will produce your next show, Tropical Royale. Or call it Bachelor Happy Hour. Becca Kufrin, if you want to make a show called Bachelor Happy Hour, you can certainly do that. We will help you do that. Mm-hmm. We'll put it in the feed. Indeed. Uh, but that's the state of the game. We've got Happy Hour back. We've got two new hosts or new-ish hosts. They were the hosts of Clickbait, at least toward the end. Clickbait also had a rotating cast of All-Stars. If you remember, the first cast of it was Grocery. I think it was Sluice. Grocery, Sluice, and Natasha Parker. No. Yeah, I think so. Yes. No, wasn't it Tasha? Tasha came in later, I think. Or maybe you're right. I think it was Tasha, Grocery, and Sluice. And then Sluice left and Natasha Parker came in. Sluice disappeared. Sluice was gone within like two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Sluice was like, this is bullshit. I'm out of here. I'm going to go marry a fucking NFL player and do my cooking channel on YouTube. It was fucking like immediately. She was just wanted no part of it. I know. In my mind, she's a big part of the history, though. I, I just don't think they can give it up. You can't give up that logo, too. Yeah, I the love logo's that very logo. good. But uh, that's the state of the game. We got Happy Hour back, and we're going to wait to see what happens with clickbait. But uh, we are marching into these kind of uncharted waters with, I think, nobody at the helm at Bachelor Happy Hour. <laughs> it feels like no one is driving, <laughs> and we're all trying to find the driver of this boat. Yeah, exactly. Has anybody seen the captain? Uh, no. I did think that you and I were probably among the only people who would be excited about this news because grocery will still be slinging sauce. The sauce oh, yeah. king is now at the top of the sauce mountain. I absolutely fucking love it. And it's just him and Serena. There's nowhere to hide. When you have three hosts on clickbait. There's nowhere to hide. They're in a relationship together. You know how much we're going to find out about that dynamic? Yes. Uh, Probably more than they mean to. (laughs) Yeah, quite a lot, I think. So we're looking forward to that. 
uh, having some more clips from happy hour in digging deeper, having some more clips from grocery in digging deeper. We'll continue to have food to feed our AI that does the grocery impressions for us. <laughs> That's right. Eventually. <laughs> but now let's move on to this week in games. We're back in season, which means we have ratings to discuss. They're not good. Let me just start off by saying that. They're in the toilet, you're saying? Uh, They are in the toilet that is used by the old toilet. No, the toilet's toilet. Yeah, they're in the toilet's toilet. No, that's the worst one. Uh, The season opener, Charity Lawson's night one. Now, it's important to note also, it is a new time slot. It is airing an hour later than it normally does. I'll just say that as a caveat. It opened with a 0.35 in the demo with 1.9 million total viewers. For comparison, this is down 54% from last season's premiere with Gabby Wendy and Rachel Recchia, who turned in a 0.72 with 3 million viewers. Uh, and that season never dipped below a 0.7 or 3 million total viewers. We are starting this season with a, three, a 0.35 and 1.9 million. 0.35. Five. Yes. That is that is zero people watching the show via this. I mean, I how do we get these Hulu numbers? That I don't know. How do we get these YouTube TV numbers? I mean, it's it's very clear. As I let, let me just continue with this as well because it, it paints a little bit of a picture, I think, in terms of like we always talk about is this the bachelor or is this network TV generally? So these abysmal numbers we've stated have to be taken into context, and that context is that. Lawson's Night One did manage to tie for first place in the target demo of viewers from 18 to 49. It tied with a show called The Wall on NBC, but it came in third of the four major networks and raw viewers getting beat by The Wall and an NCIS rerun on CBS by more than double with 3.26 million viewers. And uh, perhaps the most alarming piece, the developing season 20 ratings picture, is that our beloved game failed to maintain the numbers um, from its lead-in show, Claim to Fame, which won its night in its time slot with a 0.4 and 2.38 million viewers. So it shed off an entire rating tenth of a point, and it had 1.9 million viewers to 2.38 million viewers. So it it lost another, you know, whatever, 8 million viewers or 800,000 viewers. That ain't good. What do you think the wall is? I don't know. I have, I have literally have no idea. I haven't Googled it. Do you think it's like Wipeout? Yeah, I think it's some kind of game show where you got to climb up a wall while they're hitting you in the head with trash cans and shit. Okay. Well, this is not good. I think. I don't know. The Claim to Fame used to play after The Bachelor, so I guess this is part of them trying to boost that show over The Bachelorette. Shitty. But it's... I, I just... I'm always confused by these numbers because I don't know what to make of it. It's like... It's down 50 fucking percent from season 19 from last year. 50%. That said, it's tying for first place in the demo. So, like, what are we to make of this? How, how small do those numbers have to get before network TV is dead? I don't get it. No one is watching TV. Yeah. Across the board, none of these shows are pulling over a fucking point four one the whole goddamn night. That's insane. Of any time slot. That's absolutely insane. Yes, I agree. I expect this from... What was that one that we were reporting that was like a zero, 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 one? 
CW show. Oh, on the CW? I don't even remember what it was. <laughs> I expect that of a that show, not yeah. of our beloved game. But I really want to see these streaming numbers because they must be big enough su- to sustain this. Otherwise, what is happening? The streaming numbers are like the way that ABC or that Warner Brothers makes that deal with Hulu is it's just a licensing thing. They say you'll pay us X amount of dollars to air. You know, I don't know how long their deal is. It's probably like a three season deal. So it's like Hulu, you will pay us X amount of dollars. You can show Bachelor the day after for the next three seasons. And those are, mm-hmm. you know, hundreds of millions of dollars, those deals. I don't know what they're making off these ad numbers. I don't really know how TV ad rates work anymore because if it's comparative, then you can still charge like big ad rates. Like, well, we do have the number one show on TV, but the number one show on TV is getting like a million people watching it. Most influencers have bigger audiences, you know? Yeah. Why would you even put your commercials on TV? Because there is a bloated system that has been in place for a hundred years of ad executives, people who buy the ad spots, people who make the fucking ads and these network TV executives, they're all 60 plus years old and they've been doing it that way for their entire careers and they ain't going to change now. Wow. Who hates the 1900s now? I don't hate any any era. I just hate inefficiency and these strange systems that they have set up. They just won't let them fucking die, even though we're watching them literally gasping for air. It's it's beyond me. I don't know what these numbers mean is the the long and short of this. I look at this and I'm like, well, they look real shitty. They are real shitty, but like so's every show. So I don't know. It's not great, Bob. It's not great. <laughs> exactly. Um, but let's move on to um, some gains here. First up, our crown gains. Charity Lawson gained 6K for a total of 117,000 Instagram followers and 500 TikTok followers for a total of 15.2K on TikTok. And moving into the players, uh, we had Joey Graziade coming in first place with 5.6K gains for a total of 6.6K. In second place, John Henry Spurlock gained 2.9K, total of 4.1K. Third place, Fimp recipient Braden Bowers gained 2.9K for a total of 3.3K. Tal player Tanner Cordad gained 2.2K for a total of 5.2K. And bringing up fifth place, Warwick Reader gained 2.1K for a total of 3K. These are not good night one numbers. These are not good numbers for any night. These are very bad numbers. <laughs> All nights, bad numbers. I was just looking back through our... Um, I was our, like, I remember when fucking Dale Moss got 40K in one night. Yeah. I was looking back at our Instagram chart for um, season 19 and just kind of seeing what their night one was. That's a good comparison. Gabby Wendy put on 43,000 on night one and Rachel Reckia put on 28,000 their first week as opposed to Charity Lawson putting on, what was it, 6K? Mm-hmm. Differences. That's a big jump. That's a big jump. Now for the top five Instagram total chart. P. <laughs> P. Is at the top with 12.4K. 
swan song uh, exit bump, perhaps. Uh, uh, no, he came into the game, I think, with the highest Instagram following. Unfortunately, we're never going to see again. We're never going to see him again. That fucking sucks. Not on sand, you think? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. He's gone. He just did nothing yeah. in the game. There's nothing to warrant sand, in my opinion. Uh, in second place Ooh, on the Instagram first. overall chart, <laughs> Adrian Hassan is in second with 6.8K. Joey Grazia Day in third place with 6.3K. And in fourth place, pro wrestler Caleb Bolligard is in fourth with 5.9K. And Tanner Cortad runs out the top five with 5.2K followers. And the top five on TikTok are, in first place, Christopher Spell, the professional jumper, also night one guy, has 174.3K. P-P-30.4K. <laughs> Caleb Bolgard has 21.5K in third place. Khalid Hassan in fourth place is 6.6K. And down at the bottom of the list, in fifth place, this means he beat out 25 other people on this list, <laughs> is Aaron Bryant with 198 followers. That means, again... Seems like uh, fifth place is for the taken. Yeah, 20 other people um, have under 198. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to Canopy.com. .co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Support for today's episode comes from One Skin. If you have sensitive skin, you're going to want to hear about OneSkin's scientifically proven topical supplements. This is face, eye, body, shield, and it can all be used with any of their other products, which are free from over 1,500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red, irritated, or itchy. Their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the Skin Safe seal of approval. You got to keep that skin glowing if you want to be keeping up the level of face play that I've got going on. And One Skin was founded by an all-woman team of scientists. Their products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Uh, their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products often. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you. Clues. Underwear drawers 
They're not organized. They're like the the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. You got ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc. You don't know what to expect. But now I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies. And now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go-to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and <laughs> my, um, <laughs> which is not what this uh, ad is about, but I am also wearing the super soft sustainable modal fabric thong with no roll black waistband. Mm. You want that. You don't want it to be rolling. You don't want it to be showing. And I'm hooked. I don't want to wear anything else. It's all got to go now. Well, this ad actually is kind of about that pace case. Everybody knows MeUndies <laughs> makes great underwear. It's in the name, MeUndies. But it's not just about underwear. You can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers, hoodies, onesies, and a whole bunch more. And their Move Me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market. There's no doubt about it. Right now, you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at MeUndies.com slash roses. That's MeUndies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort from the outside in. But that rounds out all of our gains. Now it is time to move on to that portion of our program where we talk about all those luscious tids. This is... Bachelor Nation News. Up first in Bachelor Nation News. Season 15 Bachelor at an all-time Instagram champion, at least in our beloved game, Hannah the Beast Brown is starting her very own podcast on SiriusXM called Better Tomorrow with Hannah Brown. The show is described as a lifestyle podcast focusing on life's big questions like, am I better today than I was yesterday? Focusing on topics like confidence, relationships, love, faith, and making time for yourself. Brown will be joined by guests categorized as experts, celebrity friends, artists, and entrepreneurs. Brown promoted her new show by saying, many people have experienced with me the most vulnerable and life-altering, for better or worse, moments of my life, because my audience is, in a way, an extension of my inner circle. I have always felt that. I have had the unique <laughs> opportunity to have millions encourage me and keep me accountable as I try to figure out Ooh, life. Is she talking about when she said the N-word in an IG Live there? I think that's an N-word ref. Uh, I think that's me too. as close as we're going to get. I think get. that's what she's talking about. <laughs> I think she's, we're going to hear a whole Rory McElroy thing out of her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> her and Dark Lord Harrison are going to have to do a joint podcast where they have a fucking contest to see who really is the true Rory McElroy. Who is the true Rory yeah. McElroy? <laughs> Anyway, that wasn't in the quote. Start the quote again. One of my favorite <laughs> things to do is to have an intimate and unfiltered talk. Oh, with my besties. Mm -hmm. And that's what this podcast will be unfiltered. I'm sure. I am a work in progress, ever growing, changing and evolving with better tomorrow. I'll bring you along for the journey as we discover the goodness of tomorrow by sifting through the messes and milestones of today. New episodes of Better Tomorrow with Hannah Brown will be available every week on the SiriusXM app and all other major platforms where podcasts are available starting July 19th. I am 100% positive you're going to be hearing some of that and digging deeper. 100%. <laughs> oh, yeah? 
I mean, if it's as unfiltered as she's promising, then yeah. I guarantee it. It's going to be heavily filtered. Nothing on the show will be fucking unfiltered. But um, yeah, we'll be having the clip. So if you don't want to listen to a whole episode, don't worry about it. We will bring you uh, the best pieces of it in the in the next Digging Deeper after July 19th, once her episodes start airing. But I'm curious about this. I got to say, I'm curious. Of course. Number one Instagram champion. I think she's very polished. She's got a lot of reality TV experience. I think she's going to be a good podcaster. I do too, because I feel like she'll be, I don't know. I think she's just got that, you know, bachelorette star power and people who come in are going to be charmed by it and open up. Hopefully we can be charmed and we will open up when we are guests on her show. Maybe she will. And maybe this will heal COVID. Oh, maybe. Uh, Moving on. I'm next in Bachelor Nation News. Rachel Lindsay is in the news this week for an interview she gave to People Magazine. This past Saturday, Lindsay attended the Project Angel Foods Lead with Love Telethon in Los Angeles, where she spoke about Charity Lawson's season. Lindsay said, I haven't met Charity. I would actually love to meet Charity. She seems lovely. I don't follow the show, but it's inevitable to not see it and not see what's going on. She seems great. She seems really happy. She was actually at our studio the other day, but I missed her. So, Charity, if you're out there, I'm rooting for you, and I wish you all the best. But I'm not going to watch. I would have loved to see this as one of those intro videos (laughs) of former bachelorettes, the virtual Council of Crowns. I'm not watching, but good luck. (laughs) But she will reach out. I'm always there. I still keep in touch with past, present, contestants, whoever. My door is always open, but not my TV. It's not tuned in. Lindsay, of course, broke new ground in the Bachelor franchise as the first black lead back in 2016 after coming off a record-breaking rookie performance on Bachelor season 21. That was Nick Vio. But now, no longer engages with the show. Perhaps the producers working on Charity Lawson season will treat her well enough that she won't shun the franchise once her season is over. This is what we were talking about up top. It's just like, you want Rachel Lindsay to be closely aligned with your show, supportive of your show forever. For her entire life. Yes. And instead you get this. Well, yep, I, I wish her well because I know that experience is fucked and she's going to have a hard time with it. That's basically what she's saying. But And I ain't watching it, but wish you well. Hope it works out for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do. I, I want you to cut together this to be in the 20th. <laughs> uh 20th anniversary virtual council of crowns. I just can't stop picturing it now. I know. I don't, I would if there was, I don't think there's video of this. I think this was just like Mm. quotes given, you know. Speaking of Charity Lawson, the current reigning bachelorette took a moment the day after her premiere to give some of her own awards on the night. Further proof that this is indeed a game. Lawson's award for best limo exit went to Warwick. Of the Kringle delivered by the Nashville Slider, Lawson said, I think Warwick's one-way ticket to his hometown, I was like, this is too good. He was someone that really captivated my attention. It's interesting. We didn't see that edit. No, I agree. She's rewriting history here. Lawson gave Spencer her worst limo exit of the night, saying, my least favorite was Spencer. Spencer's definitely so funny. However, he caught me completely off guard when he requested that I kick him in his balls. And I was like, I don't know what's happening. I was like, no way. Oh, we're not doing this. (laughs) If I were Spencer, I would come out with a parasocial play right now and I would be like, Sean Lowe told me to ask you to kick me in the balls. If I was Charity, I would have sent the man to the fucking hospital. (laughs) 
I would have said, your season's done. You really want this? All right, let's do it. Pa-pow. Get out of here. Season over. Yeah, that's right. He would he would have to come back like all bandaged up, wearing ice pack around his nuts and stuff for the whole rest of the season in a wheelchair. I'll never be a package deal again. Exactly. Well, <laughs> Lawson's kiss of the night went to Brayden as she explained... Brayden got the first impression rose truly also because he is a good kisser. I can say that, but I think next in line probably would have been Xavier. Me and Xavier's chemistry was like truly undeniable. Thank you, Charity, for corroborating the fact that this is indeed a sport. Moving on. Bachelor at season 11 ring winner and Nashville slider all-star Sean Booth is in the news this week on his new podcast in the booth. Sean opened up about some of the specifics of his breakup with Caitlin Bristow, including a text she accidentally sent him that was meant for Jason Tardick very shortly after their split, which is how he found out she was dating someone else. Booth said when the split was about to be released to the world, my whole thing was, and I said this, I want to make sure we do this together as a team. It's going to be really hard on both of us. We're going to have to deal with all different types of opinions and thoughts and people judging us. It's like me and you are the only people that are going through this. Let's do it as a team. And it didn't work out that way. We weren't a team. He went on to say, I knew about Jason and Caitlin before anybody knew about Jason and Caitlin. I've known about this before the world knew about it. And I knew about it because unfortunately, when I was sending Caitlin a text message, she sent me one back that she was supposed to send to Jason. He wrapped up his recounting of his relationship and it's end by saying, I know what happened. I know how everything went down. She can say what she wants to say if that's something that makes her feel better or something that she has to discuss. God, she is the one true goat, but she and technology are not good. No. Spoiling the season with a Snapchat story. Booth talked about that on um, on Courtney's podcast. They had a discussion about that Snapchat and he basically was saying like, he felt they woke up and all both of their phones were just fucking blown up with DMs and oh shit, what the fuck, what the fuck? And he said that he thought he fucked up. And so he went oh to her and God. he's like, listen, babe, I think I did something really bad. I think I spoiled our season in a Snapchat. And she got pissed at him. He was like, what the fuck? I can't believe this. And he's like, so I opened my Snapchat and I looked all through it. He, she's like, you have to delete it right now. And he couldn't find it in his phone. He's like, oh, I don't actually think i did it check your oh snapchat and then she realized she fucking was the one who blew it up it's so good and grace Ann is the one who posted it yeah grace Ann, dark seeker was the person uh, a historic fact here she was the one technology who, expert who posted that because they did take it down pretty quickly but grace Ann had it saved and was the one who blew it up look we've all sent the text to the wrong person and it's a horrible horrible feeling <laughs> all goats have done it I don't text. I don't email anymore. I don't do anything. What do you do? Nothing. Zero communication. Just the brain astral projection? Yeah. They call it the shut-in lifestyle. I thought they called it vampirism. I'm a digital shut-in. Hey, come on. It's true. Uh, And finally, a big happy birthday goes out to Gore Girl, Tammy Lee, who celebrated her 28th birthday on June 18th. Just two days after me. I didn't know we were almost birthday twins. Happy birthday, Tammy. Cute. Yeah, we hope that you enjoy your next trip around this dying star. Now let's move on to those plays that all of our favorite players are making off the field in those telephones. This is... The Parasocial Play, 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 Play of the Week. 
We don't highlight many parasocial plays from Facebook, but sometimes one special play breaks through the generational divides and astonishes a nation. <laughs> okay. We'd Joey Graziade's stepfather, Michael Pagliaro, took to Facebook with a status about Joey being on The Bachelorette. Tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern, The Bachelorette season premiere is being aired on ABC. My stepson, Joey Graziade, is one of the contestants this season. Normally, I would have the number zero interest in this show, <laughs> but this time we are on Team Joey. Link to an Instagram picture. <laughs> Apparently, Michael garnished this offering with a spoiler reveal in his comment section that was disappeared 10 minutes after it was posted. Mayor Flowers style. Ooh. Deep cut. Facebook plays from parents of players hold a special place in our hearts here at Gore, and we hope to hear more out of this brave keyboard warrior flying so close to that parasocial sun. Beautifully written, and I loved your attention to detail. The correct pronunciation of S-E-S-O-N, Sezen. Beautifully done. I love how his fucking stepdad, who's this, his stepdad? He's like, normally... I'd have zero interest in this show. It's a yeah. real pile of shit, but uh, my stepson's on it. So fuck it. I'll watch. <laughs> yeah. But now Unreal. my Joey's on it. Now it's a real show. His uh, profile picture is a child with a dog. I don't think that's him. No, probably not. Two bachelorettes from the North, Caitlin Bristow and Jillian Harris, made a hilarious reel together in which the pair call to each other with bird noises representing wanting to get together to enjoy wine together. Are we surprised that the one true goat gifts parasocial gift on top of parasocial gift? In this case, a gorgeous crown dynamic duo play with her signature bird theme. Not in the slightest. The reel has 37.5K <laughs> likes and 894K views. Gigantic. Dang. Wowie. Charity Lawson did a TikTok to the popular Hannah Montana sound my life is complicated enough. The last thing I need is more drama. Hello, drama. She captioned the video, should we make charity day a holiday? Still can't believe this. Tune into The Bachelorette tonight on ABC 98 Central. Rose emoji, heart emoji, hand heart emoji, hashtag The Bachelorette, hashtag Bachelor Nation, hashtag Premier Day. The TikTok has 918 likes and 12.9K views. Night one guy. Joe Menzia posted his swan song to Instagram and revealed the Kringle he gave to charity that wasn't shown. It's 11 p.m. and I'm feeling introspective. So, wow, what a wild, intense, surreal friggin' experience. Gone soon, but grateful to have gone at all. Life is good, baby. Charity is in good hands with these guys. Wishing them the best. PSA, I'm a big plant guy. Pick two is the plant I give to charity when I got out of the limo. Species, Hoya Heart. She named him Curtis. I hope he survived. He did not. Hashtag uh, Bachelorette. Hashtag Bachelor Nation. Hashtag The Bachelorette. Hashtag Bachelor. Hashtag The Bachelor. That plant is dead, my friend. Life is good, baby, but Curtis is dead. <laughs> Life is good, but yeah, the producers killed Curtis. Immediately threw him directly in a trash can. Guaranteed. P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-
although over too soon, had a great experience. Excited to watch out Charity Lawson find her person this season on The Bachelorette. Heart emoji. And hopefully my co-pilot is still out there. Watch The Bachelorette Mondays at 9, 8 on ABC stream on Hulu. Hashtag The Bachelorette. Hashtag Bachelor Nation. Goodbye, PP. Yes. Goodbye, PP. I hope there's another one coming around the corner because I love Sam PP, but you got to be a better player. Next up, season 18 Bachelor one Pablo Galavis took to Twitter on Monday and tweeted, Camilla asked me a month ago, and I think I might need to do the at Bachelor ABC again. Thoughts? At Millsy, 11374, at Peter Geist, at Adam J. Mansfield. Uh, those are producers of The Bachelor. This got 13 like, but 28.1K views. And let everyone know, he's thinking about returning to the franchise on advice from his daughter. Interesting. Is this real? I don't think this is going to work. No, I, he's never coming back to the franchise. Due to some of his other plays. <laughs> yeah, in game. Some of his literal plays in the season on which he was the bachelor, I think, will prohibit him from ever being part of the franchise again. <laughs> what he did on camera. All of these were strong plays. However, there can only be one winner. Our parasocial play of the week goes to a joint play by Susie Evans and Andrew Spencer. In this stunning one-minute real promotion of its longer five-minute, 28-second YouTube counterpart on Susie Evans's channel, Evans asked Spencer interview questions, pretending to be a part of a giant video production as he charismatically laughs at all of her questions, while Evans showcases her own charmy, quirky, charmy, charming, quirky interview style on topics such as Spencer's roster, whether or not he wants Evans on the roster, and even his cousin and game coach Clay Harbor's football playing career. The reel has 23.2K likes and 508K views, and the longer YouTube video has 11K views. Are they the new clickbait hosts? Please, please. Be good at job, producers. That would be such a good Just once. duo. Just once. They'd be amazing. I, that podcast would be fucking outstanding. The thing is, they've kind of painted themselves into a corner with Grocery and Serena. Not no shade at Grocery and Serena. They're not like the best podcast hosts. So if you have somebody like Susie Evans and Andrew Spencer as your clickbait host, that show's going to outshine mm -hmm. Happy Hour. You, I mean, hmm. they've done themselves a, a weird thing by promoting them. I think. So you think they have to get worse podcasters? For clickbait. Yeah, or like goofy. I, I don't know. Like, yes, yes. You don't want clickbait's numbers to start overtaking happy hour. You know what I mean? And that would happen in this case, mm. I think. At any rate. But I mean, don't you technically want that? Uh, I don't think they do, no. More money? But the amount of money that these podcasts make are completely insignificant. They will never make enough money that Warner Brothers is like, oh shit, we got to really put some effort into these. They're never going to make money on a, a scale that is like meaningful to Warner Brothers ever. Mm, it's possible. No. You're looking at podcasts that are like... Prove it. The biggest ones in the world might do that. Like a Joe Rogan, a Smartless, shit like those that are getting like $100 million deals or higher to be exclusive on Spotify mm. or whatever, whatever. Warner Brothers would give a fuck about that. You're thinking Ed Waysprout wouldn't do that. Yeah. Ed Waysprout and DLH maybe. Push the needle. Maybe. But let's move on to 
A couple of plays made by some non-humans in our nation. This week, Bachelor at 20 night, one guy, Khalid, held up two thick sheep in a main grid post in which he's wearing overalls. Very cute. Definitely want to check that out. But the winner of the Parasocial Creature of the Week goes to a fluffy dog named Georgia. Who's Georgia, you might ask? Uh, well, Georgia's a dog that belongs to Giannina of Giannina and Belakai fame. And this week, Georgia saw fit to interrupt a makeout session between Belakai and Giannina uh, with a very happy, fluffy, gregarious, insane. I mean, this, this post was fucking crazy. It could have been parasocial play of the game. I thought this could have been... Or play of the week. Yes, I could have thought this was his play of the week because I laughed so hard when I saw this video. And there were like, you know, it created a little little mini controversy. Some people were like, oh my God, my eyes, whatever. I loved it. It was strangely sexy. You're talking about bestiality now? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
you are at the top of the vascularity chart. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. That's a fantastic scream. And I mean, just a fantastic thing in Thank life you. to know that you're so vascular. Mm-hmm. I had the exact opposite uh, thing happen when I had to go get an MRI. Sorry. I have to do like routine checkups oh, for no. cancer shit every six months and they couldn't find a vein. So they had to do no. it in the back of my hand. Yeah. They said, your two musk clues were always telling you, yeah. vask over musk. I am. Prioritize the vein play. I think I'm musk over vask. I'm not saying I am musk. But I have more musk than I have Vask, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I am more Vask than musk, for sure. <laughs> all right. Well, together we make the perfect player. Now, uh, <laughs> let me <laughs> delve into my scream here this week. This past uh-huh. weekend, I um, my father turned 70 years old. And for those who, who may be listening to one of my other podcasts called The Necessary Conversation... My dad is featured prominently in that one. It's a a show with me, my sister, my mom, and my dad. And my sister and I are both like left-leaning liberals. My parents are both QAnon MAGA supporters. And we have political conversations every Monday. And so um, we went back home to celebrate his, uh, his 70th birthday, his retirement. And I gave him his present and all of this. Now, while I was there, I said to myself. Yeah, this is in Oklahoma. Hey, that podcast is helping. My parents and I used to have like a pretty contentious relationship, as did my sister with them. But because we're forcing ourselves to talk about politics for an hour a week, it, they kind of get it out of their systems. And so when I was back, it was like kind of fucking cordial. There were a couple of pop-offs that I was like, oh shit, it's happening. But it wasn't bad. You it, healed your family. I don't know if I've healed my family, but I've we can talk to each other again and laugh and shit about things, even though we have these wildly opposed worldviews. So That's I'm back home. Yeah, this is not my scream. My scream is... It should I, be. I dragged my fucking parents into the pit. What? And my sister a little bit, yeah. I basically, like, because the mood was high. The mood was good. There wasn't that, like, infighting <laughs> that usually happens. So I was like, let me just see if I can fucking do this right now. I see an opening. Your, yeah, your exactly. <laughs> exactly. I was like, they are potentially receptive to influence. So I, <laughs> I basically said, like, what do you guys do on Monday night? No, everybody said oh, nothing. Whatever. I'm like, tune in to the Bachelorette. It's the season twenty. It's the opening of this new season. And obviously, That's you know, weird. this is a big part of my life. Game of yeah. Roses. I coach players. All this shit. And if you've never seen it, check it out. And then I'll talk to you guys about it on our next podcast. So uh, then I texted my mom just today. And she said they felt bad. They forgot. She said, I'm embarrassed. We mm. forgot. Can we still watch and find it? Dad felt bad too. So I got my parents oh to a my point God. of feeling bad about not watching The Bachelor. This went from a place oh where the only conversations we would have would be screaming matches about how Trump is the only person who can save us from a pedophile apocalypse to now they feel bad <laughs> they didn't watch The Bachelor. That's the power of the fucking pit. That's the dark energy of the fucking pit. It got in them. Holy Even though they didn't shit. watch it, it, they're in the pit still because they have guilt about not watching it. I'm astounded. Yeah. I think there's, as much as I think you're doing good work on the like mending fences in the politics area, I think there's also just something to the, the standing social thing. You're keeping in touch yes. with your parents constantly because of Yes, that. exactly. Once a week for an hour, we talk as a family or yell or whatever. But it's... Yeah. Because our lines of communication are now forced through a weekly podcast, yes. it, it 
it forces a relationship to occur. This is a this is a an experimental strategy to family healing. If you've tried other things, families that won't go to therapy, start a podcast. Start a podcast with your fucking family. Just something that forces them to get on a mic. There's also something weird about it that is like a level of accountability because they're aware of the fourth audience. My mom and dad both right. get like... They can't just say whatever. Very nasty. Well, I mean, they can. My dad doesn't give a shit. I mean, they do. <laughs> I mean, my dad, yeah, he, he pops off about a lot of shit. But they are aware of the fourth audience. So it's there's another dynamic in it. There's an obligation mm. to the fourth audience that keeps them coming back to doing it. At any rate, my scream is that I, I dragged my, my family into the pit, even though they have not watched the show. They now feel guilt about not watching it. So now let's move on. We have one more scream. Terrific. I can't wait to hear their thoughts on this season. Uh, yeah, I'm curious too. They will believe it's all 100% real. They won't understand that it's like producer scripted. I'll have to guide them through that. We might start talking about it on Necessary Conversation a little bit. So if you have any interest, check that out. It comes out every Monday. Uh, yeah. And then this is your back way in to QAnon. You slowly lay in things that like the producers are. Ooh. Then they'll be on. They'll be sauce players. My parents. They'll be on the side of the sauce. Um, let's move on. We have one more scream that we are going to play. If you want to submit your screams to the pit to be played right here on Twibbon every week, you just go to Patreon.com/slash Game of Roses. Join us in the bottom of the pit. You get access to our Discord among a wide variety of other benefits, including our digging deepers and our clues corners pace case palapas our live shows at 4 30 all kinds of shit in there there's a pace case palapa coming soon as soon as Ooh, i heal nice can't wait a little teaser but in addition to all that you get access to our discord in the discord is a channel called screams from the pit you can submit your own scream in a one minute or under audio clip and we play the best ones here today we have one from brooklyn lee that also comes with three images. I think we should listen to this first and then discuss the images that come with it. Here we go. Brooklyn here calling from the depths of the pit. Recently, I attended a wild and tipsy evening of drunk history night with my friends. The setup was a group of about 15 people who were mostly men, lots of booze, and the challenge to create a 10 minute presentation followed by a tipsy Q&A. With my Gore 4TRR shirt wore proudly, I knew there was really only one path I could take, to present on the topic of the dramatic history of America's favorite sport, The Bachelor. With passion in my heart and wine in hand, I dove headfirst into its captivating history, game structure, player strategy, and of course, exposed the producers. The pit truly does provide, as my drunk presentation was voted second best. First place went to a very deserving tipsy talk on the guy who invented daylight savings. But fear not, I shall continue my mission to drag unsuspecting souls down into the glorious depths of the pit. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. A fantastic scream. Thank you, Brooklyn. And in addition, we get these images, which I'm sure are going to be up on our social media, on the Game of Roses Instagram account. We got to take down this daylight savings guy. Yeah, exactly. Rigged. It was rigged. <laughs> Now you're a you're a Brooklyn's tipsy history Brooklyn party conspiracy theorist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she won. I know it. Find the vote. You said there were all guys there? Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Now we're interesting getting Interesting the vote was split certain ways. But in these images, we see Brooklyn standing in the four TRR shirt that beautifully designed by Ella Tolkien with the the roses cla the hands bound by rose thorns, the 
bleeding tears. She's delivering in these pictures her presentation. She's smiling, great parasocial gaze, uh, drink in hand. Looks like a TED talk. And we also see what I assume would be the uh, the opening slide of her presentation, which is a montage of photos of all different people. We've got Vial, we've got uh, Glaze, we've got Tasha, Caitlin, Rachel, Lindsay, Ashley I. Kennedy crying, Pilot Pete, Shao Cross with his two finalists, uh, the dual Bachelorette season of Gabby, Wendy, and Rachel Recchia, various other things. We've got a Dark Lord Harris with a rose in his mouth. Uh, various other things. You're missing my favorite one, which is at the top, which is the, no, the fucking Bachelor Live on stage Oh my God, the Bachelor, there they are. Yep. Front and center. Uh a beautiful picture and a beautiful scream. God damn it. I love this scream. I feel like in one way or another, Game of Roses itself has been almost nothing more than a, a drunk presentation of the history of The Bachelor <laughs> for the past four years. Maybe not drunk, but high. <laughs> Let's say that at least. If we like to think that we've done anything in this time with this project, yeah. we like to think that we've given that. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely uh, uh, psychologically altered. I won't say drunk. I've, I don't think I've ever done this show drunk. Hi? Yep. Done that a few times. No, but I think maybe we should. I don't fucking drink anymore. I think maybe we should try drunk. I can't do it. I know. Okay, I'll do it for both of us. Two beers puts me in a fucking coma of pain the next day. I simply can't do it. Okay, I'll do it for you. Okay, you get drunk, I'll get high, and we'll figure it out. But this is a fantastic scream. Thank you so much, Brooklyn, for submitting it. We're sorry to hear that you got second place. Maybe next time you'll get first. But maybe it'll motivate you and you'll become the... Yeah. Also curious to see if you were effective. Did you drag some people into the pit? Are there people watching Charity Loss in Season that wouldn't have otherwise because of your presentation? If you convert even one person, dragging them into the pit, infusing them with the dark energies, then you were successful. Then you're successful with your parents. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but that's it. That wraps up our show today. Again, if you want to submit your screams, go to patreon.com slash Game of Roses. <clears throat> Join us on the bottom of the pit. Submit your scream on the Discord. I love seeing these. I love the pictures. I really like this format. I want to... I think more people should do Drunk History of The Bachelor. This is making me think, like, I have so many friends who've never listened to the podcast, but I think if I gave them a presentation like this, maybe they would. Yeah. Maybe a short video. Is that sad? No. I mean, I'm ready to make that video right now. How to drag someone into the pit. We do an instructional video and put that on our YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> do you have people in your life who don't watch The Bachelor and you want to change that? Well, here's how to do it. Do you have people in your life telling you to shut the fuck up? <laughs> Does every conversation you have start about something else and then wind up being about The Bachelor? Um, at any rate, <laughs> did you just tell your... A uh, nurse practitioner that you're very vascular. Did you just not get that job interview because of the topic you chose to go on about? At any rate, well, we have the PowerPoint for you. Yeah, we'll make the we'll we'll get right on that the PowerPoint and the YouTube presentation. I actually would <laughs> like to do it. I just don't I, I don't have the time. Nonetheless, thank you for giving us your time uh, this week. This wraps up this week in Bachelor Nation. We will be back. Tuesday with a recap of Charity Lawson's second episode. We'll be back next Friday with another Twibbon. I literally can't wait. And all week long, you're going to have Grace Ann 
doing her grafting on Grafting with Grace Ann, talking about Love Island UK, breaking down all those best plays, all those errors, and all of that stuff. So please tune in for that. I just popped in uh, this week with her for an episode. Had a blast. And also check out that Courtney Robertson podcast after reality. I'm popping in next week. You're going to be on next week? Nice. Can't wait to listen to that. Mm -hmm. And I watched the show. Fantastic. I watched the episodes that we talk about. But I think your perspective is unique. This is what I was saying to Clue is I think he gives a longevity perspective of like, oh, okay, these are the only people that stayed in the game. Yeah. I mean, I will say watching it like that, like one or two episodes every week-ish, it gives me a a weird perspective, I think, where like shit really stands out to me. So if there's like something that's happened in couples where it's like, wait a minute, he's not with her anymore or this is now what's gone on. It really Mm -hmm. makes your brain have to like do the fucking detective work to be like, oh, yeah, you're like, how did this happen? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a game mechanic that does this. And if you are really only watching like the effects of the game mechanic without the mechanic itself, you have to kind of back build it in your mind, which I find pretty fun. Hmm. I think the podcast is fantastic, by the way, and does justice to the beautiful, beautiful game that is Love Island UK. Yeah. Grace Ann's killing it. Please give it a listen if you haven't. Check it out. Um, And maybe she can drag you into the Love is Blind pit. Or into the the portion of the Game of Roses pit that is the Love is Blind corridor. Uh, but uh, at any rate, thanks everyone again for joining us. And before we go, as always, what is that dwab at? It has been 7,767 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be. Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then.